There is nothing wrong with your podcast player. Do not attempt to adjust the volume. Hello and welcome to Studio 2009. This is episode four. I'm, of course, TFG and Mike, joined by Steve Megatron. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. And uh, so last time we switched things up uh, at the spur of the moment and... We ended up doing what was supposed to be in this episode in the last episode. We switched episode three and four. Tonight we're going to be talking about apocalyptic or dystopian or disaster or whatever kind of films you can think of. In episode three, as you would have already heard, we did a top ten Batman actor countdown of our favorite Batman actors. In episode two, I asked two questions in that episode and on the post for episode two of studio 2009, what are the ways you consume media and what are the, what are your media favorites? Now, long time friend of the, the network and the show and the, this and the, that and the, whatever and us, our good buddy, Jesse from TF wire commented on our website. First new comment by someone that isn't, isn't, in the GCRN in a long time. Uh, he says, uh, prior to the birth of my daughter in 2019, I was a huge movie theater buff. Generally speaking, I would see at least one movie a month in theaters. And during the summer movie months, that usually became several movies a month. Anyone with kids can tell you once you have them, you don't have the freedom or flexibility anymore to do that. Babysitters can be expensive with the added cost of the movie. And our family on each side is an hour away. I've been waiting for and watching more of the latest movies via video on demand. My primary platform of choice for that is Vudu, as it's where my digital movie collection is housed. Personally, if there's any positive to come out of COVID-19, it's the collapse of the movie theater business. They had been hurting prior to the pandemic. And my two cents is, by them attempting to open for the summer, they're just prolonging their inevitable permanent closure. I'm actually happy about that as a consumer, though sad to see people lose their jobs, as I'd much rather just watch first-run movies at home in my living room. I don't need a babysitter. I can wait till my daughter goes to bed at night. No distractions from strangers, and I have much more freedom and flexibility. The theater system model is antiquated, and in the year 2020, it's part of the old Hollywood that just needs to go away. It's not wrong. I mean, I hate he's thinking like wrong. that, but he's not wrong. I, yeah, he's not wrong. I don't want to go anywhere anymore. Like, I, I, for those that have heard me over the last 11, 12 years, you've known me this long. You know I generally don't like to go out anyway, but even more so now, I... I Another uh, piece feedback for these questions uh our good buddy brad mull who has been listening to us for years upon years at this point thank you so much brad he says says when it comes to podcasts and music i'm 100 percent digital consumption but there are a few soundtracks i buy just to have a backup and they often disappear off my iphone and i need to be downloaded again i have an old iphone 6s which is now work and traveling i still buy dvds and blu-rays only renting digital media for the most part to see if a film's worth buying physically 
I used to buy newspapers to cut out photos of local events or check out theater times, but not anymore. Or plus, I don't agree with the subscription model to view them digitally. So thank you, Brad, for contributing to Studio 2009 on our feedback. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a whole new world now. Totally, and just is. everything is like it. We there is no going back. We have to find new ways to do stuff. We just do. Do it. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of of that the the mentality of like the theaters and like watching stuff at home like I just I honestly I, I pretty much just wait till stuff hits Netflix or um, Hulu or uh, really any other digital streaming service um, yeah instead of going to the theater like I can't tell you um, I think the last time I went to the theater and I don't, this is gonna dated a little bit but not by much um i saw the recent terminator movie in the theater yep and i went I with uh, just... i went i went with one of the uh the guys that i work with um producing the audio drama and we uh he was like hey you want to go see uh that new terminator and i was like yeah i already saw it online and he's like i says no i didn't bootleg it it was just it was on a site and um he's like how was it and i was like it's not too bad and he, I says, but honestly, I says, I'd rather actually go and see it um, in, in that instance. Plus, there was nobody here. <laughs> like, I was by myself <laughs> anyway. So I was like, hey, I'll, uh, I'll meet you there. And then he's like, sounds good. And so we, we drove over to the theater, and um, we were literally cool. the only ones in there. And it was one of those theaters where you press the button, and you can order food, and they bring it to you. Um, <laughs> it didn't do that, but, well, like, but it was still, it was funny because, like, the theater right. was just empty it was just the mm-hmm. two of us just watching this and we we're like okay it was good and then we just left and then you know so that was the last time i saw a movie in the theater because there was literally nobody there mm. and it was a weekday night yeah. that was the sad part like nobody was there <laughs> at all in the whole theater <laughs> that's crazy and it's it, it's a nice theater too like it was one of those yeah so like again, yeah i i think that COVID has basically just put the nail in the coffin and said all right guys Pack it up. Like, I mean, the drive-in's pretty much where it's at at this point if you're going to go out because you're in the confines of your own car. You don't have to listen to other people's garbage. The only bad part is if you get that one idiot that leaves their headlights on or um, their kids are making racket and then or somebody's tailgate or or not tailgate, but uh, minivan with the door that's wide open uh, blocks mm-hmm. your view when you're in that car or the smaller truck. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's – I mean, I, I – I, I honestly don't care about going and seeing the movies out anymore. It's it's in the house is where it's at for me. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier tonight, we're going to be talking about apocalyptic, dystopian, whatever you want to call them, films. We each have lists, one from IMDb. I have one from Wikipedia. And the one on Wikipedia, it's, it's interesting that um, – there have been a lot of, I don't even know how many, but according to the Wikipedia list I have, there were four apocalyptic films pre-1950. The End of the World in 1916, End of the World in 1931, Deluge in 33, and Things to Come in 36. Now, other ones on this list are... 
like you know like the 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 time traveler uh panic in year zero War of the worlds or the worlds um planet any of the planet of the apes ones but all the mad max ones um night of the living dead the time machine the yep, day the, the blob in, insert title here mm-hmm. um yeah i mean yep. there's there's so many different ones too and and yeah some of them pre-1978 are pretty blasted horrible um, like quality wise, but they, at the time people weren't desensitized to it all. So they, they it genuinely was scary. And majority of it was because of the music, not the visual. Um, cause like my mom would tell me about like seeing the blob and some of the other movies like that, you know, when she was a kid and she's like, that stuff freaked me out. Like, you know, and I look at it now and I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it, it, it's like, Okay, so we all have our favorites, and we talked a couple weeks ago about media favorites and movies and whatever else. We're not going to revisit that, but I'm just bringing that up to bring this up. Not everyone likes the same stuff, and that's fine. Almost all my friends at one point or another are horror fans, are the horror film genre fans. That's not me, and the reason why that's not me is because... Freddy Flippin' Krueger scared the crap out of me at yeah, five years old in that's, 1985. That's the same one that did me in. <laughs> I was I was watching something. I think it was like the Tales from the Crypt Keeper, and my, my dad had it on, and I think it was like 10 or 11, and that thing freaked me out. I was just like, all right, mm-hmm. I just watched a, a clawed hand come through the car seat and rip the guy's gonads out. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, I can't, no. And I was like, I'm good. I mean, I ended up watching him years later, like all of those movies because Mary was into them hardcore. And I was like, mm-hmm. I really don't want to watch this. And so like, I'd make her suffer through like comedy mil- movies, like Jim Carrey stuff, which she mm-hmm. can't stand other than like liar, liar, or, uh, um, uh, some of his serious roles that he plays or, um, fun with Dick and Jane. That's like my go-to. Um, yeah, I love that movie. But anyways, we're talking about destructive movies, not movies that bring yes. happiness. Um, Movies of destruction. Movies of destruction. Um, So, yeah, I remember seeing, uh, like, The Thing, The Terminator. The Terminator is kind of a staple, although modern versions of it are not very critically panned. Um, Mad Max is one that keeps coming back. Yeah, Mad Max came back. And Mad Max, um, was it Fury Road is the latest one that that they did? Yeah, the recent one. Yeah. I have not seen that, but I know several people that rave about that film, so I'm going to have to see it at some point. Uh, the Blade Terminator, Runner. yeah, Blade Runner twenty Blade Runner. It's the, the original in '82, and then the 2049 version. Um, the Terminator franchise. I gotta say, Genesis wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Now I have not seen Dark Fate yet. But Genesis, I thought they did. It was it was a different evolution, and I felt like that they they could have taken it places with that, um, mm. <laughs> especially the way that it ended up with um, the T one thousand getting to become a T two thousand, or or no, the T eight hundred becoming the T one thousand. And so I thought that that was a really inventive way of changing it. Plus, a lot of the time travel and John Connor being the Skynet. Um, mm-hmm. so it was, it was a really inventive take on it. Uh, however, Dirk mm-hmm. fate, it jumps it ahead and it creates a new savior for mankind, um, from someone else. Um, 
because there's something obviously that happens to John Connor, and then there's this like lone T eight hundred that's left from the original timeline before they had this new um, mm. line of Terminators that did not come from Skynet. They came from another uh, creation because Skynet, with the death of John Connor, and with some of the things that Sarah Connor put into place. Uh, Skynet was no more, but this one remnant Terminator is the one that took him out. Um, and they, they do some pretty good CG in this, so the de-aging of a lot of people, they did really well with it. I couldn't honestly tell. It wasn't nearly as bad as like a lot of the other Terminator films where they tried to cover some ground and re, re-skin Arnold and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it was actually really good. It was a lot of vulgar language. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a little difficult to listen to um like more so than any of the other ones like they threw the f-bomb in i it was like listening to the original like the south park movie Um, (laughs) you know shut your face mother you know and then it was just like that over and over like that's all the movie was is like anytime sarah connor opened her mouth that word came out a lot um so it, it was i don't know that part was gratuitous but the the rest of it was pretty solid um mm and I, I felt like that they they managed to they can pick it up where it left off, or they can leave a pin in it, but it essentially leaves it at a point where um, Arnold no longer has to be part of it. Hmm. Um. Well, that's good. I I I think that's good. I think after everything that he's done for the franchise, and as awesome as his character is, and as awesome as he is as the character. I think if you're at a point where he may not want to do it again or he may not be able to do it again, leaving the character at a point where, okay, I know this is going to be crazy to compare this to because Arnold is still alive and the person I'm going to compare it to died tragically. That's like the Fast and the Furious franchise. When Paul Walker died, they gave the character of Brian O'Connor a good and like the character did, they didn't kill the character off. They just let him go off, have his, have his kid and have it, have uh, Jordana Brewster's character, you know, Mia and all that. So I, my point in bringing it up is I like when films leave the characters at a certain point, unless well, you want to kill them, but you know, you well, leave them at a certain point where you can move on. Well, past them. his character, they do leave it at a point where, um, I mean, I'll just go ahead and just spoil this anyway. If you haven't seen it, like it's they kill off his character like they do in every movie. Um, okay. But he's got a nice redemptive arc. So therefore, his his sacrifice. Um, he's because he's experienced life for thirty years. Mm-hmm. He's had to evolve, and um, basically, he's learned to atone for things he's done. Um, mm. as a Terminator. So he's more human than Terminator mentally at this point. Um, and his Very cool. skin Very cool. is aging. I mean, he won't physically die unless he's destroyed, but this exoskeleton skin, um, he's, right. he's at that point where it's, it's slowly decaying like a normal human, so they didn't have to do anything to Arnold to de-age him. So it was it was a Very nice cool. redemptive arc and and left it in a place where they don't have to revisit his character ever again. That's very cool. That's very interesting. In the nineties, we had a lot of good ones. Um, yeah, 12 monkeys, Armageddon. Armageddon's one of my favorites. I will. I don't care what anyone says. 
yes, I understand he got a little ahead of himself with, you know, the five Transformers films. I this Armageddon and the Bad Boys films are the reason why I enjoy Michael Bay. Armageddon was amazing. The it was fun. just the sheer it was fun, just the sheer cast that is in this movie. It was basically throw everybody at the wall and they all uh, I love the plot. I love the action. I love the fact that I can tie it back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because Judith Hogue, who was the original April O'Neil, plays Will Patton's wife. She's the mother of the little kid. When she goes, goes, that man's not a salesman. That man's your daddy. When when the kid sees Will Patton, mommy, that salesman's on TV. Like, I know Armage- Armageddon is one of those movies. I know it forwards and backwards. I actually need to rewatch that. I That would be a, a fun one to kind of go back and uh, tackle a review of at some point. Just because I like Bruce Willis and I like um, Billy Bob Thornton, Ben Affleck. You know, there's a lot of good mm-hmm. cast in it. Uh, I, I feel like I would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. It um, is so quotable. It, oh my God. It, like, AJ, I got just five words to, to say to you. Damn glad to see you, boy. Like, I can, like, uh, Keith David is General Kimsey in that. Uh, he goes, you know, I wouldn't trust this. I wouldn't trust these retards with a potato gun. Like, it, it's just that there are certain movies that I've seen over my lifetime that I've seen them so many times and it's not just transformers, the movie, it's not just what it's certain ones like Armageddon where I don't even have to watch it. Even though I will, I don't have to because I, it's so ingrained in my brain. It's crazy. So, uh, so other titles I, I recall, like I, I have not either seen them or seen them once uh, it was like mm-hmm. Deep Impact, um, Dogma, End of Days, because that's an Arnold film. Um, yep. Uh, there's... Uh, I've seen Judge, Judge Dredd. Dredd. And Dredd from 2012. Yep. Independence Day. Uh, Independence Day and, and Independence Day Resurgence. I still have not seen the Independence Day sequel yet. I have not either. I, I don't know. I, I heard like it wasn't that great kind of thing but i don't know uh the funny not funny thing but um the well it is funny i remember if i'm if i'm remembering this right um that deep impact and yeah deep impact and armageddon opened in the same year i don't know if they opened in like the same weekend or whatever or the same time, but they opened both. They both opened in 1998, and I remember everybody's like, "Are you gonna go see Armageddon? Or are you gonna go see Deep Impact?" And I'm like, "Deep Impact might have uh, Morgan Freeman, but that doesn't save that movie." That movie uh, wasn't very good. <laughs> um, there Dog was the Matrix. Uh, yep. Uh, the the Omega Code, which is like a bible prophecy one which was kind of interesting um totally off its rocker but it was interesting um mm-hmm. uh christopher walken had the prophecy series which i didn't see 
Um, yep. Uh, then there was um, The Stand, Stephen King. Yep. Um, There's so T- many good ones. Yeah, T2. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then and then we get into the 2000s. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get into that in a second. Um, yeah, I... Dogma. I'm mean, Kevin Smith. I mean, come on. Dogma has one of the single greatest lines for alcoholism ever. I'm an angel. Angels can't imbibe alcohol, hence all the spitting. Alan Rickman, may the man rest in peace. He's a friggin' genius as Lemetatron. Well, he's, yeah, yeah, he's good at whatever he does. Exactly. Um, uh, so the two thousands is funny. There's a lot of them. The two thousands, and then the the twenty ten to twenty nineteen. There's like it almost doubles. Um, mm-hmm. But like the even from two thousand to two thousand nine, it doubles from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of sequels in it. Um, a lot of sequels, but there's two very interesting ones. Because um, I wouldn't think of it. It is apocalyptic, but I wouldn't think of it this way. My number one of my number one animated film favorites, which it is completely this, but the other wow. one I'm going to compare. Wally, I would not th- like. I did not even. S- I I get it, but. Yeah, Wally and Titan AE were the two animated ones from that decade. That and that's just based on on this list. I'm sure there were probably others, but what's what's funny is I owned about fifty percent of the movies that are here in this decade because <laughs> movie stores closed down and I I raided yep. them. Yes, um, you did. I saw the Twenty Eight Days Later, Twenty Eight Weeks Later, Twenty Twelve was a John Cusack movie, probably the last yep. time he was relevant, um, and uh, that was pretty good. Uh, I. Saw Ann Flux, which was an interesting take on it. Um, yep. The, um, I've seen Carriers, which was, eh. and Children of Men was different because it's like the human race had gone 18 years bef- without a single child born, um, which was kind of interesting. Um, they had some Dawn of the Dead stuff. The Day After Tomorrow, which is where the, um, it's Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, mm-hmm. That was a pretty good one with the global superstorm. Um, that one's, that one's one of my favorites. Um, the day the earth stood still, that was a Keanu Reeves alien movie. Um, yep. Daybreakers. That was like a, uh, futuristic world with vampires overrunning everything. Um, again, I've seen some of these just because Mary was into, into horror <laughs> at the time. And, uh, I am legend. That was another one. Apocalyptic movie. Yep. Um, uh, idiocracy it's funny you wouldn't think about it that way but it is um mm-hmm. but it's also become it this weird social commentary of today because it's full of like it's it's basically the entire world goes to crap and people are incredibly dumb unresearched and they fight whatever they don't understand um mm-hmm. and so it's a lot like today uh <laughs> so um so yeah and then there's the invasion which it's like a body snatchers type thing um mm-hmm. There's Knowing, which is a Nick Cage movie where aliens basically yep. burn the earth down. <laughs> and uh, the Left Behind movies, which are kind of garbage. Uh, the Matrix films. Um, 
You get more of the, the prophecy. You get the entire, like, basically Resident Evil stuff. Franchise, um, yeah. Yeah. So, what is it about these films that we enjoy so much? I think it's seeing the, not even the apocalyptic park. I think it's seeing a point in time beyond our own imagination and our living experience. Mm-hmm. I think that, especially when it comes to the sci-fi ones, um, like Titan AE or Wally or something, um, which, funny enough, are animated, but I, I greatly enjoy Titan AE because, you know, the Earth is basically dead and, you know, gone and been destroyed, mm-hmm. and they've harvested all this stuff inside of a planetoid that would rebirth the entire planet. Um, but I think that it's interesting to have these... Um, alternate takes or these these different futures of or possible outcomes because nobody honestly knows what's going to happen, and so mm-hmm. this this is a um it, it's kind of like one of those things that kind of gives people hope in some degree. Like if you you buy into all that, um, but it's it's at the same time it it kind of uh gives you things that you probably should worry about. You know, like the day after tomorrow where the entire earth gets overrun by a, a superstorm, which is entirely possible. Um, the mm-hmm. alien stuff or the zombie stuff, like I don't honestly put any stake in that because I think it's total garbage. Um, but, uh, you know, unless they're trying to cure the coronavirus and give us all the T cell and we all turn into like rabid zombie <laughs> things. And like, I am legend in resident evil. Um, yeah. Cause that's what they did in those. They, they, they yes. cured a virus and they inoculated the entire population and only the ones that were immune didn't turn into the freaks. And so that's, mm. that's um, the only thing that like irks me about, Oh, you have to take a, a vaccine. Well, I don't have to, I could take my chances because <laughs> if you're inoculated and you don't pick up anything, then yeah, then you're good and safe. I'll just die, you know? So, <laughs> but, um, but then there's like War of the Worlds in here, you know, you get, um, uh, which I didn't know Watchmen was in this, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but War of the Worlds, it's a Steven Spielberg, uh, remake. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good movies in there, but I, I definitely think that a lot of it boils down to alternate, um, extensions of different things that either we cause or things are caused to us, like. Yeah. You know, the, the curing the viruses or trashing the earth like Wally, um, uh, or making aliens, and, man, and they blow up the earth like Titan AE. Well, the thing about, about Titan AE is the Dredge, who are the energy villains in that film, basically feel that there's this thing out there that the human race has built that can destroy them. So it's kind of like, I need to get you before you get me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they essentially turn the human race into a minority. Mm -hmm. Because if you look in that film, you look at Titan AE, it everywhere Kale goes, humans are treated like garbage out in space. Oh yeah. Uh, I do. I do have to go back. Go ahead. I was going to say they're 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 basically the the you know peasants rats you know the homeless people of the earth. Mm-hmm. I do have to go back and um, <laughs> you said that uh, 2012 was the last film that you felt that Q 
Cusack was relevant. Yeah. Yeah, because he's, uh, he's do- too busy running his mouth now. So, like, I just. Okay. I have and, no respect and, and, for the dude anymore. And, and I kind of agree with that, but he does have a couple of good ones since this. Have you ever seen. Now, this isn't. is I, This is going to be related to him, but it isn't yet. Did you ever see the 2004 Punisher film with Thomas Jane and John Travolta? No. Had no. Uh, Okay, well, anyway, point is, is that after 2012 and 2009, Cusack did Hot Tub Time Machine, which was kind of... Okay, I forgot about that one. Kind of good. That had a sequel as well. In Second one, he uh, wasn't even in it except for the last five minutes. Yeah. In 2014, he did... um, It was a direct-to-VOD film called Drive Hard. It's him and Thomas Jane... From the Pun- 2004 Punisher, I watched that and I'm like, oh my god, it's Martin Blank from Gross Point Blank and the Punisher in a film. It's a really interesting, strange, cool kind of, it's a, it's an action buddy film kind of thing. It's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, after that, looking at his thing, yeah, like I don't even recognize half of these titles from from 2015 on anyway um yeah but i think for me the reason why we why we enjoy the apocalyptic films is because we don't know what no one knows what the future is going to hold and we like seeing stories that are different to the point of oh not how many times can you do this same thing and destroy that like you know we keep mentioning Titan AE. That was very different than most of the other world destroying, you know, it's not a superstorm. It's not a, it's not a 10.5 earthquake. It's not this, it's not that it's, it's whatever. Um, Armageddon, you have to have oil drillers drill into the asteroid to, to blow it up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, the reason why I enjoy them is because certain ones is because, Entertainment is escapism to me. And half of this, uh, half of the 2019 list, at least three or four of them, Thor, Ragnarok, Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame. Because technically, you know, you snap your fingers and half the population is gone. That's pretty world ending for a purple dinosaur. Oh, um, so. <laughs> oh you know you want to do it. No, not really. Come on. Shut up. I'm not done. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyways. Shut up, great face. I'm not done. <laughs> um, so Avengers Endgame, yes, Infinity War. Um, they had, uh, you know, the Blade Runner sequel. The Book of Eli um, <laughs> was pretty interesting. Uh, Denzel Washington. Um which is a pretty good movie. Uh, they had The Cell, which is uh, Sam Jackson and John Cusack, but I don't remember that being any good. Uh, Cloud Atlas was interesting with uh, Halle Berry and Tom Hanks as it <laughs> travels through six different periods of time. I'd have to rewatch it because I remember there were elements of it. I was just like, this sucks. Because um, I was like, I'm so confused. Maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know. But <laughs> it was just, it was annoying to me. Um, I, I've been meaning to go back to it. But... Uh, yeah, so I mean, there's that, the dawn of the planet of the apes, um, 
There's uh, um, Dread, Edge of Tomorrow. I actually liked that movie. Yeah. I liked both Dread films for both different reasons of why they're, yeah, of why they're so different because the 90s movie was kind of cheesy, whereas the 2012 version was more dark. It was more based on the comic. Um, and I know half of this podcast episode, folks, were just listing these films, but it just to give you an just, idea of some of the things that came out over the last few decades yeah. that, that are actually probably prominent and should be watched. Yeah. Oh my God. The IMDb thing lists Titanic as a <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, it's all self-inclusive within a boat. Okay. It is a disaster movie. I'll, I'll give it that. Cause it's not apocalyptic you know, you... though. Yeah, true. I mean, they list disaster and apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic all together. So it's kind of a, yeah, yeah kind of a crapshoot there. But anyways, um, yeah, so I mean, Edge of Tomorrow, I liked that because it was kind of like playing a uh, first-person shooter, except it, you know, was with people, and then they reboot, um, just because they got some alien goo on them uh, after blowing something up. Uh, so when they die, they restart, and so he just gets better and better. It's like it's almost like Groundhog Day, but in a first-person shooter element. Um, and then remember when I think it was Kevin that was going crazy about Geostorm when it was coming out. Remember I that? think so. Yeah. Anyways, that came out during this this decade, and it was hot garbage. Uh, Godzilla, um, uh, the okay, host. Okay, I, I, I have to say this that year movie. that was written I, by the lady that did the Twilight movies, but the host was actually halfway decent. It's aliens mm. again come and capture and take over humans. Mm. I have never been a Godzilla fan. Me neither. I. <laughs> I understand why people are, but you know, monster movies and dinosaurs and all that, like to me, dinosaurs are either, you know, the TV show or, you know, they're giant metal things that, you know, say stuff like me, Grimlock kick butt kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I just, it's just one of those things that I'm different from everybody else on Whether I, I just, I, I don't, I never got into them. Like, I know everyone freaks out of, Oh my God, a new Godzilla movie. This is going to be amazing. That's great. You go have fun. I'll be over here watching, um, whatever. So some other movies, uh, that were pretty prominent during this decade is the hunger games, um, mm-hmm. interstellar, which, I never fully understood it. It was a Christopher Nolan movie. Um, it was kind of one of those mind screw movies, almost kind of like the end of The Dark Knight Rises, um, uh, to some degree. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've been meaning to go back and watch that one again. Um, then there's Lego Movie Two, uh, which I've never seen because I don't care. Uh, Legion, um, and of course, Mad Max, uh, the Maze Runner series, which that wasn't too bad until they started like having super delays between films, and then it just started to suck. <laughs> um, there was that Noah movie, which was not like I, it was so confusing. I whenever they try and do like tackle something from the Bible with uh, with uh, Hollywood, it just kind of falls flat. <laughs> it's almost like the Nicolas Cage thing with the. Uh, they they did the the left behind with him, and it was kind of like okay, you didn't even cover really anything, and they just stayed in an airplane. Um, and the, they did the same thing with this one. But uh, then there's Oblivion with Tom Hanks. 
or not Tom mm-hmm. Hanks, Tom Cruise. Tom wrong, Cruise. Wrong Tom. Uh, Pacific Rim. Um, more Resident Evil stuff. You know, I still stuff, have not seen Planet Pacific Rim. What's that? I still have not seen Pacific Rim. Me neither. I don't have any um, need to see it at this point. Um, have you seen Snowpiercer? No. It's based on a comic or graphic novel. It's a French graphic novel, but it had uh, Chris Evans as the lead. Mm. It's actually not too bad. It kind of shows an uh, apocalyptic part of Earth where they're on a... It's kind of a science fiction thing, but it's... um, They end up on this train, and that's the last of civilization. And Ed Ed Harris runs the train. Mm. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, Then there's Terminator, Dark Fate, Terminator, Genesis... Um, uh, Thor Ragnarok, which that was actually awesome. <laughs> um, more Planet of the Apes stuff. Uh, a couple of zombie things. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a pretty eventful decade considering it it managed to take two thousand to two thousand nine and double it. Yeah, crazy. I hope we don't get. Oh, we won't get so many this year because the theaters were closed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that shut down that disaster. It's like, no, thank you. No more. No disaster for you. Corona killed it. I think on that note, folks, (laughs) what are some of your favorite disaster, dystopian, apocalyptic films? Uh, Let us know in the comments. Uh, or comment on social media. Where can the people find you online, sir? They can find me on the Twitter sphere at SCP21. I am at TFG and Mike. You can also follow at It's Studio 2009 on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Search Studio 2009. As always, geekcastradio.com for all the other content that we do. In the next episode, we're going to be debuting our PA segment. I mentioned this, I believe, in episode one. Um, every, whether you're, you know, somebody on on us, well, that's a, that's a PD, not a PA. Um, <laughs> you know, everything has a PA system, a, a public announcement system kind of thing. Well, our PA is going to be called podcast approach. Every studio has a PA or a PA system. This interview style segment would allow us to talk with people on how they approach the art of podcasting. We will come up with a list of questions to ask guests kind of like how we do on pullback origins and all things, transformers origins, So, yes, we're going to come up with a list of probably 20 to 25 questions, and we will have guests on, I think, every five episodes. So episode five will be mine and Steve's story because, you know, even though we've told it before, this is a new show. Hopefully it'll bring in new listeners and different perspective, hopefully new new people that haven't heard our podcasting journeys. So episode five is going to be us, and then episode 10, 15, 20, 25, yada, 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 yada. And I have a entire back catalog of podcast hosts that I will be reaching out to in order for us to get these cool, interesting, and new interviews. We will be getting – we'll be having questions for them both as listeners and as people who produce podcasts. 
So that's going to be interesting coming up on the show. Any final thoughts from you, sir, before we get the heck out of here? Uh, no, I just, uh, I look forward to seeing what everybody, uh, puts for their, uh, apocalyptic films. Yes, me too. All right, folks, we will see you in the studio soon here inside Studio 2009 on the GeekCast Radio Network. In a world there, I said it, happy.